Welcome to the Shiny Brightly Show. I'm Howard Brown, author, speaker, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, international peacemaker, and yes, two-time stage four cancer patient survivor and advocate. Each episode will take you from resilience to hope and a whole lot more because Shining Brightly does make the world a better place. Be prepared to be inspired. Hello, it's Howard Brown. It's the Shining Brightly podcast show. Oh my God. After Thanksgiving, we are grateful. It's it's just amazing. I have an amazing guest as usual. Tim, welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing fantastic, Howard. Thank you for having me on this show. Oh, it's it's great. You're uh, we're 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 gonna uh, as you say, you're wearing your t-shirt for those listening. Uh, lead through fire. So th- this is a, a episode called "Turning Trials into Triumphs." And let me let me tell you a little bit about uh, about Tim. Tim Avery is a, a seasoned speaker, corporate leadership trainer with a unique blend of real world experience and actionable insights. With over a decade. Uh, in the fire service. By the way, thank you for your service as a first responder. You guys are real heroes, uh, and um, really, uh, it's just amazing that uh, the training and and that dedication. Uh, so, in the fire service, uh, you come culminated as a lieutenant, um, and you know what it takes to lead under pressure and uh, and drive organizational excellence. Um, you lead through the fire program goes beyond superficial fixes. It takes a deep dive into the root cause of ineffective leadership to offer sustainable solutions and reduce turnover and elevate performance in the corporate setting. A sought-after keynote speaker, Tim has graced the stages of major events like Unicorn uh, 2023 in Salt Lake and the Million Dollar Mingo in Arizona. We talked about that. That was cool. Uh, He's been featured as an expert at uh, two speaker school masterminds, one in Chicago, the other in New York, and you're sharing transforming leadership strategies with aspiring speakers and other corporate leaders. Your compelling topics and engaging delivery make you a go-to speaker for organizations, corporations, businesses that are serious about breakthrough to the next level of excellence. Don't miss this uh, opportunity to bring transform leadership to your organization. Book Tim today. We'll put his contacts and he'll, he'll talk about that at the end. And then you can also visit his website at lead-fire.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited to dig into it. But first, Tim, tell me about something we may not know about you uh, that you want to share with uh, the listening and the viewing audience. Most definitely. So one unique thing about me is I love being outdoors. It doesn't really matter what it what it looks like to be outside, whether it's hiking, camping, fishing, flying. I just like to be outside. And when I say flying, yes, I can fly a plane. I have my private pilot's license. So the sky, the ground, below the water, whatever it is, I just like to be outside in nature. There's something to me that's healing and relaxing about just being outside and connecting back to our roots. I, I love that. Um, I speak uh, in my book about finding your happy place. And I don't care if it's cooking, meditation, art, music, outdoor nature hiking. It sounds like your happy place is the outdoors. Mine's the basketball court. You have to find that stress-free zone, go there as much as you can. So I love that. Thank you for sharing as well. But um, you had to overcome some uh, a bunch of stuff here, Tim. So uh, let's dig, dig right in. Tell me a little bit about your personal uh, crisis and that how that led to your own leadership, your own self-development, your own transformation. Most definitely. 
So the person I am today that you see before you or you're hearing is not the same person that I was in the past year, year and a half. I've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations in my lifetime, and I'm just going to give a brief overview of them because what I really want to focus on is not the problems, but the solutions. But for me to talk about the solutions, you need to understand where I came from, what had happened. So growing up, I grew up in a very sheltered home. My parents would monitor and control every little thing that we did and we watched and listened to. And I was an overactive hyper kid on ADHD medication. I was high as a kite most of my my childhood. I call it high as a kite because I didn't really understand what it, what it was. Now as an adult, like, oh, I get it. It's that dreamlike state of existing in the real world. So I was sheltered, medicated. Then I got into the real world. I got into the Navy because I wanted to serve. I wanted to help other people. I went through some pretty messed up things in the Navy. And I was in for less than two years because I spoke out against a really horrible situation. And that affected my mental health. The Navy, I was discharged less than two years, as I mentioned before. Just, hey, you're out. Go figure it out. So the trauma that I had in the Navy, it culminated and I brought it with me into the fire service. See, I got into the fire service because I watched my neighbor die in a house fire when I was in sixth grade. I just remember that moment of feeling helpless and lost. And I wanted to serve people. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that nobody felt that same way, that I myself could rise above. So I joined the fire service straight out of the Navy. I spent nine years learning how to be a fireman, how to be a leader, how to charge into situations that most people are running back. So as most people are running away, we charged in. And then I taught other people how to do that, how to rise, how to overcome. But the one thing that I never got taught in any of my journey was how to deal with the fires in my mind. See, seeing all the trauma, the death, the hurt and the pain associated with the life of a first responder and military is heavily taxing. See, I call it like Superman effect. Superman is big and he's strong. Everyone on the outside, he can handle everything. And he's bulletproof. But what about his mind? What about the battle that goes on in his mind? See, I didn't know those tools and strategies. So I ended up getting severely depressed, not caring about myself, not caring about other people. And I sought to end it all. And I actually did. I tried to end it all. I started to take my own life with my wife who was nine months pregnant in the room next door. She had no idea what was happening because I concealed the struggle and the trauma so well that on the outside, everything looked fine, except the subtle warning signs that were there. And it was out of the, in that moment, I decided, you know what? I'm not going to do this again. What happened? How did I get from being happy, loving my life and my job to suddenly hating all of it? And that's where the rise came out is a pure dedication to say, I'm tired of this. Let me figure out how to rise and overcome. And let me teach other people because I don't like that feeling. 
of being lost. So, so Tim, I, I, I just want to take a, just a moment here and just honor this space that you had a child on the way. You had a loving wife. But the demons you were facing inside um, from what you went through and saw in the military uh, leading to the, you know, your, your fire training and, and, and running in uh, and not away from fires. Um, you were you were conducting an outside life, but inside it was it was eating you up enough that you would consider of, of taking your life. And so I, I, I will put this in the show notes. I want I'm going to put the suicide prevention hotline and information uh, in the show notes and in, in this in, in social media. I, I know that coming out of COVID, loneliness and depression has led people to think uh, about taking their lives. And um, I'm glad you're here. And I I I, I don't say this lightly. I, I I'm I, I'm glad that you're you're teaching people not to do that, to move away from that, to get out of that darkness, because that's what my book is about. Listen. Committing suicide, having stage four cancer, they're two different things, but it's darkness. You can learn from that darkness, but you can't have it consume you. And so please continue. I just needed to stop you right there because um, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling kind of that internal struggle that you had to you know, overcome um, for the sake of yourself first and also a beautiful uh, you know, child on the way. Uh, one, you have one daughter and then one on the way, plus a wife and a family right. and a life. So t- take us, take us kind of some lessons there. And um, I just wanted to stop and, and say that I'm so glad that, that you, you didn't actually take your own life and you're here to now teach others. I'm glad too. But the biggest thing that I noticed and that I found on my journey is the secret to happiness. See, people always ask, what's the true secret to happiness? How do you live an abundant life? And it comes back to gratitude. Gratitude is the secret and the key to happiness because by focusing on the things you're grateful for, you start to see a different perspective. See the reason and how I got to where I was, was because I was so focused on the past and the future that I wasn't paying attention to what I had in front of me. I wasn't paying attention that I had a loving wife. I had a daughter on the way. I had a career that I absolutely loved. I was focusing on so many bad things and the demons in my head that they started to run the show. And I started to retrain my brain of, you know what? Let me actually say I'm thankful. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful that I woke up today. I'm grateful I have a job. And it was those subtle shifts that I started to believe there's more to life. And And the VA therapy is called cognitive processing therapy, CPT. If you're a veteran and you've been to the VA health system for mental health, you might know what this means. But if you don't, I'll explain it. CPT, it has one big lesson and it's called stuck points. Stuck points are negative beliefs, thoughts, or behaviors that you have about yourself or other people that hold you back. And I had about 15 of those stuck points that I was able to write down. Five to 10 of them were the most prevalent. And those were, I was on a constant repeat in my brain. And that was holding me back. It was, I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. I have no value to add. Oh God, why me? And in the training, and I've I've created this in my program to reshape it a little bit, to be 
more refined. And it's, I talk about not only how to identify what a stuck point is, but to retrain it, like to evaluate, all right, this is what it is. This is the, the behavior. This is the emotion. This is the feeling. This is what triggers it. And then how to retrain your brain to where when you have those negative beliefs, like instead of, oh God, why me? You know what? Why not me? Why not me being blessed today? I'm not worth value. I'm worthless. Hmm. You know what? I let this car in on the merge lane today. I opened this door for this lady. You know what? I am adding value. It doesn't have to be this big monumental thing that I thought or that you might think. It's the subtle things that build to be bigger and happier. Wow. I mean, you're, I, I love that because it doesn't have to be, you don't, you know, in order to climb the mountain, you got to take the first few steps. So mm -hmm. um, that um, that's a, that's a really great exercise uh, to be able to put down your stuck points and, um, and have them written down and look at the, you know, prioritize them. Really great exercise. Thank, thank you for sharing that. So you're, um, you, you've taken that now and you're taking your own experience and, and you're, you're taking that to, uh, corporations and and to uh, employee engagement type of programs T tell us about where, where where that is and how that's going yeah most definitely it's going great and what i do for a company specifically is i start identifying what is going on in that organization do the companies that i target they have high turnover rates and high turnover is typically one of two things it's either bad benefits or a bad culture Bad culture equates to bad leadership and unengaged employees. So what I do is I actually send out a survey to the company and the employees to figure out, hey, what's the problem? In your opinion, what is the issue going on here? And then I give the leadership team a disk assessment to figure out how they operate and how some of their employees and high-level uh, high management operate as well. Because sometimes if there's a disconnect between upper and lower management, it throws everything off. And I saw that in the fire service. But where I got this from was several fire scenes. I'm going to give a, a quick example on that. One day, we had a house fire. It was a routine fire. We were second to third in engine. First in normally gets all the glory, and they have to make decisions. So we're on the way to this fire and the first arriving crew didn't really know what they were doing. You could hear the lieutenant's voice on the radio. He was lost. He was confused and he was wishy-washy. He was not certain of on himself, which translated to when every, every other truck came in, things were going to hell. People didn't know what to do. Like, Hey, what are we doing? Ah, uh, I don't know. Finally, someone had a, a chief got there stepped in and said, no, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And started to mitigate the situation better. See, when it comes to employees and culture and leaders, the leader has to be decisive in certain moments, but also know when to take that step back. See, if your strategies aren't working, you got to be, hold on, let me call somebody in. Let's reevaluate this. And it's taking that mentality and presence into corporate world because a lot of people when they promote they promote and look for themselves they don't look for other people or consider others 
And that's a unique trick of, hey, you know what? It's not weak asking for help. It's actually a major strength to say, I don't have all the answers. Let me take a step back and let me find it. And that's what I help teach leaders do in organizations to say, let me take a step back. And it's okay. And we're gonna re- we're gonna reevaluate this. And that I love that strategy. The story of the chief, uh, you know, who had maybe a little more training, a little more wisdom, a little more experience to come in and rectify that situation. Um, I, I, I I like that story. Um, and also the ability, uh, you know, as your your perspective from the outside looking in makes you hopefully more objective as well. Uh, and and do that. Um, I, I, I played team sports all of my life, uh, Tim, and I will tell you, I've been a point guard on the basketball court, which is the floor general or the quarterback, uh, trying to make decisions, coach on the floor. And, you know, I've, I've played on lots of teams and the culture matters, trust matters, right? And so um, it, it's, it's, it's hard to change that like in a day. It has to be built up over time. It has to be earned. So that's that's some of the lessons. But I guess you're going into a fire. You got to know that the partner and the team that you're running into has your back. They're all going to do their jobs in order to get that fire out, get the people to safety, uh, assess the situation properly. So so I, I love your experience of, of assessing that, because if the team doesn't uh, does, doesn't do their job in a fire, the place burns down. Lives can be lost. Uh, also, your own team can get hurt, right? You get yourself into you know, real danger. So uh, I've never been a firefighter, but uh, in talking to you, I'm learning and and understanding a little bit more. Um, and so do your strategies work across the board or do you actually tailor them for like different industries or things like that? They can work across the board. And I just tailor them a little bit per the person, per the organization. See. I can go into a fire department or a military or veteran run organization, local government, and I can be a little bit brash. I can say, you're screwing up here in X, Y, Z and use curse words. I go into the civilian sector. I have to be a little bit careful with what I say and how I say it, just because of the culture. First responders, veterans, the culture is a little more brash. If you come at them, hey, sweetheart, gotta be careful. They're gonna be like, no. I'm not going to listen to you. You have to find that nice gap in how to interact with people. That's what's great about the DISC assessment. You start to see how to interact, building that rapport as well. It's the language. A unique trick and hack that I learned that's extremely valuable. I learned this on a private jet flight. If you're trying to get into a new industry or get a better client, Learn exactly what that person talks like. Those people behave and you start mimicking it because by doing that, you're going to be able to adapt to what they're saying and they're going to be comfortable with you and they're not going to ask as many questions because if you sound like an expert, they don't, they won't have too many questions for it. They'll just accept it. But the moment they, they see that you're wishy-washy, you're not certain of yourself or what you're saying, that's when they're going to poke and prod. And that's what goes for bigger leaders as higher up as well. They sense that as, as, as well. So if you're trying to advance, you're trying to get a better client, learn exactly what, how that person ticks, how that industry behaves, and you'll be able to adapt to it. And that's what I do is I watch and learn from the company that I'm about to get into 
and the people and figure out how to best interact with them. And that's how I tailor it. No, I, I love it. I also like the disc system. It's tried and true to know who you are. Um, I actually did something similar, uh, Tim. It was, it was actually the bird exercise. And it's what type of bird are you? Are, are you the eagle or hawk? Or are you the owl? Or are you the dove? Or are, are, are you the peacock, the creative, right? And how you got to define who you are. And you could be more than one bird. And how do you see the other bird? How do you get along? So how does the hawk or the eagle get along with the dove and get along with the owl? Because this is all organizational behavior. This is this is working uh, individually, pulling your own weight, but also being a team player. So I, I, I that's that's kind of that your story reminded me of that. I wanted to share that. So um, tell me about some misconceptions um, about leadership in a time of crisis um, and how you address those in your training. Because I, I guess first responders in the military crisis, you're you're running into a fire. That is a time of crisis. Um, you know, uh, t- t- what are some of the misconceptions there? Share with me. Definitely. So one big misconception that people don't realize is that it's not always easy to make those decisions. Earlier or la- a year ago this month, we had a call to where it was a, ha- a hazmat situation. We didn't really know it was a hazmat. So we went in to this chemical warehouse and it was either smoke or steam. We didn't know what it or a chemical release. We didn't know what it was. So we had to go back, go in there. We ended up having a scare where compressor shot off and my crew and I thought we were going to pack. Like we thought we were going to die. Like we literally just looked at each other and we're like, Oh my God, what happened? So we come back out and my chief, gets there, he's assessing the situation, conditions are getting worse. He's like, I still don't know what's happening. And this is a man I've never seen frazzled before in my life. I've seen him on a lot of messed up calls and he has never once been afraid except in this moment. But he had to make a tough decision to send us back in to assess it. I had to be able to lead my a, a new crew who I had never met in my life into this chemical storage warehouse to see is this a fire or is this still a hazmat release we didn't know from our first entry because we got scared and like something's not right so we went back in in a different type of suit but it's okay to show a little bit of weakness in those moments or concern because then that relates to your people you're human and building rapport that's a major thing I didn't realize that until after this call, that when you're actually vulnerable and you start to show your human side, people find you more approachable. And so in times of crisis, you have to be that strong pillar to say, you know what, we're going to rise up together. I got you. But after the call, after the situation, you can open up and say, this is my thoughts. This is your thoughts. Let's, this is what happened. Let's actually divulge this. And to bring back the humanness by doing that, you're able to build a, a greater strength with your crew, with your team and showing that vulnerability. And that's one big misconception that you must be strong. The other thing too is, yeah, you have to be decisive because in that moment, when I said my chief, he showed weakness, a little bit of, of uh, being afraid. That's a good thing, but also a bad thing. 
See, for me, it got me concerned because I knew he had never done that before. And I actually told my wife goodbye. I sent her a text saying, hey, I may not make it out of this. So I'm going to tell you goodbye. And there's a pro and con to that. It's yes, you have to show strength, but if you show weakness at the or yeah, weakness or afraid at the wrong point, it can cause a negative effect. And being the leader who hears that or sees it, they have to be able to be strong so this way their team may not see it. And that's what I had to do. Yeah, I I that's a really poignant story because uh your chief is human, he's trying to make the best decision he can at that time with the information that he had. And so uh, the ability, he doesn't want to put more lives at stake, but he also needs to get that fire under control and he needed more information. And so um, I, I, I can totally understand that, you know, when you're under the fire, under the gun, you know, make those split second decisions matter. But, you know, you can't be afraid of being wrong either. You, you have to actually go with your training you have to make the best decision. And he sent you guys back in and you got sent back in, not knowing what the outcome was. So that's why you sent your, your wife a text. And, um, and that, that's, that's one, it's bravery and two, you're doing your job, but you didn't know the outcome. You did not know mm -hmm. the outcome. And I, I will tell you, the only thing I can relate to that is that when you get told you have stage four cancer twice, you don't know if you're going to you know live through it or not. And I, here I am, you know, breathing and I made through it. You made it through. So we're sharing our, our, our stories, that's where we're aligned here and, and able to help people that get knocked down, help them get back up again. I mean, I can't imagine those new guys that you let in, what the after meeting was like. I mean, um, some of them probably in tears, some of them just stunned. Some of them, I, I, I can't imagine when you when you regrouped with the, the team that you let in there. Um, so maybe that's a story for another time. But um, the uh, I, I just, I, I want you to tell me through, uh, you know, uh, and guide our uh, the audience here on um, kind of how to take that first step, because that's really you know if you don't take the first step you you stay stuck. So how, how do you how do you how do you how do you tell people and, and when you get into your training and you're speaking how, how do you have them take that first step? The first step to any problem is identifying and saying you have a problem. I met a a gentleman who was buying out a company. And the only reason he was buying out the company is because the owner three years prior had an issue and he didn't speak up with it at all. So he let it bother him so much and affect his company so bad that he ended up having to sell his company to save the employees. So the first step is admit you have a problem. The second step is to get help. You may not be able to do it yourself. Hell or heck, most of the time, you can't do it on your own. We're not supposed to do it on our own. That's why I believe in God, believe in friendship. You need somebody to help pull you out and pull you up. That's why it's lead through fire because I help you lead through the fire of your life, your business, your finances, so that you're in a happier, healthier state. And it may not be me. It may be your best friend. It may be a coworker. But somebody out there truly cares. And if you don't have somebody, reach out on a call. There, I guarantee, if, you, if you're at that point where you're desperate, there's numbers. The Suicide Hotline, the Cohen Military Center, the VA for veterans. There's resources out there that 
if you really don't know how to move forward, they're able to help you. All us, Tim, you and I are, are a wealth of information. We can help them find help as well. So uh, in, in any area, whether it's corporate or health or personal or family, uh, you and I can get them. We, we, can, we can direct them to uh, to help, uh, help as well or not help. Uh, we can help them themselves. So this has uh, really been really great and very special. I want to um, transition now. We're going to put on our sunglasses here for those that are listening. All right. Tim's got his shades on. He's looking really cool. He's got his lead through fire t-shirt. I've got my book and uh, my the, and the sun shining on me. And we've got our sunglasses on. This is the Shining Brightly Spotlight. Please tell people how best to get a hold of you. You've got a free gift. And then lead us uh, with a story or some inspiration to close out the show. Most definitely. So you can contact me on my website, lead-fire.com. And there I have all of my contact information, a way to get a hold of me. If you want me to book me for speaking at gigs and events, podcasts in person, or even for your corporate needs, timothymabry.com. You can even directly get my cell phone number from that website. And I'm here to serve and to help as many people. The big thing that I want to leave you with today is that you're never alone, that your journey starts with you taking that first step. You can always change your circumstances no matter what. And if you need a free resource to help you get started being a better leader, to have engaging conversations that you need to have with your people to build that rapport, I have a free guide that you'll find. It's at lead-fire.com slash leaders guide. And right there, you can download it and that'll help you along your journey because you've got this. You can overcome. If I can do it, you can too. I look forward to being the change and affecting 1 million leaders by 2028 with y'all. Wow. Oh man, I'm on the team. Sign me up. This is amazing. Um, so uh, Tim, uh, I'll, I'll have all your information uh, inside the uh, uh, the show notes and on social media, but that free guide is lead-fire.com leaders guide. You can download that uh, actually right now. So uh, if your house is on fire or your head's on fire, um, we can help and Tim can help. This is, is really important uh, to, to to ask for help. I love that is to admit the problem, get some help. So this has been an amazing show. Uh, the Shining Brightly podcast. I'm your uh, host uh, and uh, maestro of the Mike Howard Brown. You can reach me at shiningbrightly.com. Check out the, my book. Uh, it's my memoir. It, it starts with uh, kindness and gratitude. It ends with hope. And uh, my speaking uh, information as well on the website, uh, as well as this podcast and my advocacy in the entrepreneurial world, in the corporate world, in the cancer world, and in the interfaith world. So, um, Tim, here's this is really an amazing thing that we're so similar is that we all get knocked down. You've been knocked down. I've been knocked down. But we've now got back up again, and we've chosen to lift up others. So it's easy choice to shine brightly each day for ourselves, for others, for our communities, the world will be a better place. Thank you, Tim. Great, great show. And I wish you all the best. And thank you again for your service. And thank you for having me, Howard. I'm really appreciative for having this opportunity and being on your show. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shining Brightly with me, Howard Brown. 
come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com. And remember, keep on shining.